everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. In the financial markets, hindsight is forever 2020, but foresight is legally blind. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Sup, dude. Just uh, sipping on an alien church. It's the last... I have one left, yeah. Are you serious? You still have that? <laughs> this is the last beer in my fridge. I, I gave like- that to you in December. Well, I you know, I kind of try and drink one of one type, drink yeah, but one that, of another. Yeah, but that specific type needs to be drank fresh. Really? Yes. Well, it's it's good. I'm sure it's still good. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you should have drank it in, in December. <laughs> or at least January. But yeah. It's that, the Christmas gift that keeps on giving. Well, that's good then. Yeah. I mean, New England IPA from um, mm. Tired Hands in Ardmore, PA. And the can just is super cool. Yeah, they but, have a great uh, design. Dude, what are you drinking? I am drinking my own beer. I am drinking a Kolsch. I, I brewed myself. Uh, this oh. is my first batch of a Kolsch that I'm calling cheap cologne. It, oh. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> you know. So it doesn't smell good? No. So, yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's just, I'm, it's it. So Cologne, Germany is where they make Kolsch. Ah. And technically, I can't even call it a Kolsch because you can only call it a Kolsch if it's brewed in Cologne, Germany similar to champagne and scotch. They kind of mm. own that that term. Um, and I used uh, I used a cheaper hop than you would normally get from Germany. I used the, you know, so I just called it cheap cologne. And, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was clever. Um, it looked yeah. a little cloudy, by the way. It is a little cloudy. I did not filter it. It's an unfiltered Kolsch-style ale, I'll mm. call it, since I can't legally call it Kolsch. Just yeah. waiting for you to FedEx some of those to me. I got, you know. I'm waiting for you to come out to Colorado and drink them fresh <laughs> off the tap, baby. That's true. Yeah. Fine. All right. Well, our catchphrase today is a quote from Benjamin Graham, the author of Intelligent Investor. Have you read that? Um, some of it. Uh, it's, it's a little God. hard to get through, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a little it's, dense. It's on my bookshelf. Cool. That's that's what like, that's what counts the most. As long as it's on your bookshelf and you're getting all the knowledge from it. <laughs> that's you right. You put it get. on your head. Osmosis. Yep. Yep. Sometimes I'm just at my desk. I glance over there and I see it. I'm like, what would Benjamin do? (laughs) I am an intelligent investor. Thanks, Benjamin. Like, I actually don't know what Benjamin would do because I didn't read his book. Well, well, here's the thing. Today, we're going to talk about whether or not you can actually time the market. (laughs) (laughs) What what would would Benjamin Graham say? (laughs) No. Oh, Oh, well, there you go. Uh, all right, so we get these types of questions a lot, and we definitely see it talked about a lot in the news. Mm. What's going on with the stock market? Where's the housing market? What should you be doing with your investments based on all the speculation? In fact, we've done an episode about the, what was it? I don't remember what it was called, but like the pending doom of like the recession, oh, the- recession proof your finances, right? Something like that. Yeah, and we did one on like the massive debt that's kind of out there and yeah, but that's kind of timing in yeah. a way, right? So the question is, should you actually try to time things despite the common wisdom that you can't time the market? And so, and, yeah. and just to kind of, I guess, throw it out there, I guess we're maybe saying not a blanket, like yes or no. Okay, not a blanket, yes or no. So mm-hmm. we got this listener question back in December when I first gave Andrew his Alien Church beer. <laughs> Ooh, the timing. <laughs> the timing is excellent. Um, and they asked, uh, or is this is from Pete. I'd love to hear your thoughts on rebalancing. Now that the major U.S. stock indexes are in a bear market, can you talk 
a bit about how to protect one's retirement savings and overall investment portfolio. Should we sell or just write it out? Is selling the way to go? Or what do you recommend holding in place of equities? So I don't know if everyone remembers. And I mean, you know, 30 days later, it's kind of like rearview mirror distant past. But in December of 2018, so like mm-hmm. a few months ago, horrible, terrible crash. Uh, and everyone was talking about the impending doom of the economy. And yeah. Um, and now we're like at the highest of highs. We're, we're recovered and then some. But, yeah. But well, we take dips here and there. Yeah. But that was a really heavy one. So uh, interday, it went below 20%. When when like, was it? When was this? Uh, in December. It went below 20 what? Oh, sorry. 20%. Like you would have a 20% loss if you had bought like that morning before the market opened and sold before the market closed. Okay. It didn't, it closed down like 18 some odd percent. Okay. So not a full 20, but it was was bad. And then we all thought we were, oh, this is it. This is the dive. We were all, we were all thinking was coming. And then it turns out not true. Right. Right. So, all right. So the question is like, what do you do? in this in this era so if if that was happening and you're like "Ah, i'm gonna cut everyone off of the pass and i'm gonna sell you would have lost the regaining of that 20 percent or 18 percent and then some right because you would have tried to time the market and you (laughs) would have been wrong and uh kind of like you said with hindsight or kind of like what benjamin said with hindsight sure like you don't know until you know and to buy high and sell low is stupid. It's the opposite of what you need to do. I mean, you can't, right? You can't time the market. In that case, no. Like, there's no, no. way to know. Also, isn't that like, I don't, I don't want, I, it, the, the best thing that I've ever done is not give a shit. <laughs> it's like, I, there's so many things that I love the idea of setting and forgetting. I just, I love it. I, I mean, I wish I could do that with everything. Dude, uh. First of all, because we're not in the business of knowing that stuff. I would yeah. say like virtually no one listening is, and we're never going to get it right. Like not even Jim Cramer. Not even Jim, especially not Jim <laughs> especially Cramer. Especially not Jim Cramer. I think there was like a tracker on his recommendations and it just oh, like underperforms to such cons- a degree. Yeah, and it makes sense because that's, I feel like that's how statistics works in a yeah. way. <laughs> like well, if you have to have a pick every day. Right. You know. Yeah, you're, you're bound to be wrong all the time. So in this case of like the bear market versus bull market, I feel like uh, you just need to do the dollar cost averaging. Mm-hmm. You know, who are you yes. to guess when the dips are going to happen? I mean, yeah, and and so the question here being, should we sell or just write it out? Uh, if selling is the way to go, what do you recommend? I would say write it the fuck out, especially mm. when you're talking about retirement savings. And then like an like a and we are all about the long term investment strategy. Yes, it's always the answer is always write it out. Yeah. Because what do you like there there could be a point where you feel total desperation and you pull all of your money out. Like look what happened in 2008, right? Or even 2009, where I'm sure a lot of people lost a lot of fucking money. Like it just it had to have happened. It definitely happened. I know it happened. Oh, it absolutely right? happened. And what did people do in that? Like, this is that whole, you know, Warren Buffett greedy when others are fearful sort of thing. But like people pulled out. They were just like, fuck, I am getting screwed. Yet had they just sort of wrote it out, look where they would be right now. 
especially if they kept investing in 2008 when its shit was super low. Look at where you would be right now. And, and if you look at what Warren Buffett did, he, he literally emptied his pocketbook. You know, he he invested in, you know, Goldman and Bank of America, and he was just kind of taking all the deals because yeah. at the he end of the buying day, up all the, he was buying up all the foreclosures, basically, <laughs> you know, yeah. like in the neighborhood. <laughs> I, I think um, if you made a decision, you know, in mm-hmm. January of 2017 to invest in the stock market, yeah. you know, and you determined it was a good idea then, then that that's kind of it. Well, know? all right. So, so what are you doing right now with your shit? So like knowing we're in a bear market. Yeah. So Laura and I are putting into the, the golden butterfly essentially mm-hmm. that we, yep. and we'll link to that in, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're putting into Fundrise, Uh, and we're, we're like debating. So real estate, more. you mean, right? Fundrise is real estate. So, Fundrise is kind of like mid-tier real estate. So where Roofstock is single-family homes, Fundrise may be oh, right. okay. a development of single-family homes yeah. or like a mini kind of skyscraper thing. It, and that's like crowdfunding real estate. In in a way, okay. uh, you're not doing specific deals. You're essentially buying into certain types of their approach or just saying like, forget about it, just do it. Yeah. And um they're like deals that like okay, if there was a hundred thousand dollar single family home, me, you, and everyone are competing to get that. Mm-hmm. But in these like two million dollar deals, there's just not a lot of competition because it's kind of small yeah. for big players. And so they kind of live in there. So so you're just so you're being you're being conservative right now, sounds like with the golden butterfly for sure, or you're being like safe with your money. Mm. You know, Laura and I have talked a lot about getting more single family homes and we just haven't put in the time to like find the ones that mm-hmm. meet our criteria. It's just as the market gets hotter, it's harder to find the deals that yes. we deem that we want. Yeah, that that are deemed a deal. Yeah. Yes. Um all right, well what about investing? So we're certainly you're, investing, you know. You're yeah, you're con- yeah, but you're you're investing but you're being you're not as aggressive right now. I'm not. Oh, right. I, we're not super aggressive. And I think when it's just like a wash with deals, we will be. But yeah. still a meaningful amount of the money that we invest is going into the market. And I think that, you know, we're not going to touch it for 20, 30 years. So I think it's just a smart decision. Got it. Um, all right. So I want to move on to investing in individual companies, mm. specific companies. Um and we have another question from a listener, Jamail, who says, how do you invest in companies you're interested in? What kind of research should you do so you can get in early? And um, that's a great question. I have I actually want to do an entire episode on this if that was if that's possible. But yeah, um, I could tell you what not to do. Go. On. <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> I can tell you that you shouldn't listen to. Um, co-workers and people just giving you general stock tips like Jim fucking Kramer um, <laughs> who was just like, of, you know, of course Howard Stern's moving over to Sirius Satellite Radio, so of course it, the stock in that company is going to go up. Of course. You follow... <laughs> oh, no, it's just obvious. Fo- yeah, if you just follow like the headlines to invest in a company, you are so fucked because... You're, you're lagging the, the, the horde of people. Yes, and also 
that that because yes that's how everybody finds out about this shit and it's clear that like i went in with i so i invested in sirius as um you know long time listeners of the show will know because howard stern was moving over and i'm and like that's how you became rich right yeah that's how, that's how i was able to start make, making my own beer um and soap and laundry detergent <laughs> so so i um it was Here's the the stupid part is I don't even listen I didn't even listen to Howard Stern before he came over to Sirius so it was like <laughs> I just knew he was famous and I've I of course watched this movie and then you know I've seen like things here and there and um and then I started listening to him on Sirius and I was like whatever like it's, I like him it's just not you know I don't need to listen to him all the time not really a talk radio guy personally but Opie and Anthony I used to love. <laughs> That was you. I was Preston mm. and Steve in uh, uh, in in Philly, but I, I did. And and you know now now with podcasting, it's like why the fuck would you want to listen to the radio? Just listen to podcasts, yeah. you know. Um, but anyway, I had no other research besides Howard Stern's going over. It's like that's so <laughs> dumb. And like I I don't know. There's just I think, and I've also had people you know investing. I know it's not an individual company, but I've had people tell me like. Hey, my dad or my brother or my uncle or my uh not my 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 girlfriend or my coworker or whoever is like, dude, this is like this is the hot, this is the hot you should invest all your money in gold. It's like <sighs> it's like, dude, what do you know you're a janitor? Yeah, what do you or what do you know like you're not a even if you were a stock trader like Kramer, what the fuck do you know? Yeah. Seriously, what do you know? And I guess what does Warren Buffett know is the question I is the, the real question I want to know. What does he know? Mm. And what do you do to invest in individual companies? Because I know you have stock in specifically Apple and Tesla, but I think you just I, my gut says that you just have those you just have stock in those companies because you just like those companies and you didn't like look at their books to see if they were running their businesses correctly. Did mm. you? N- no. Actually. Okay. All right. So, but that's but they're the only two companies you have, or you have other ones. Uh, so actually, those are the only two individuals that okay. I own. I had okay. I had had a bunch, and essentially sold to get my first apartment. But well, let's let's talk about Warren because I think he okay. uh, he does a great job. And and by the way, he has a team of people, an enormous team of people. But to he help him. he didn't always. No, he didn't always. Yeah, and you know. He does his research on the companies, like whether it's like Coca-Cola that he owns a lot of or Heinz Ketchup, um, Geico. And, Mm. uh, you know, so he knows companies that are appealing, but they have to be at a certain valuation for him to buy. And so he has essentially research on a bunch of people or, or companies. And then when there's a dip, he might move in because he'll get a good deal. And so he... And that's like super oversimplifying to the max, but he essentially uh, is a deal hunter. So that is timing. And yeah, yeah, that is absolutely timing, but that is based on an enormous amount of research. And so it's like, um, I have this asset, you know, uh, swimuniversity.com that earns X amount of money. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, it just so happens that because Matt, did this and that and whatever you could buy it for a thousand dollars well shit that's a great deal like it's like an right. obviously great deal and so i think he looks for things like that um what do you think he looks specifically at the company to see 
that what like what makes a good deal i guess is my question like what would you i guess if like if i gave you maybe a hundred thousand dollars right now mm. and i asked you to invest you can only invest you have to invest in a single company what and 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 to make the most amount of profit from that you oh, know, so from you're your asking me to make a, a choice choose a <laughs> i'm asking you symbol. i'm asking you yeah i'm asking you to basically give us your stock pick for 2019 <laughs> what's no seriously it's like crame i'm not even <laughs> it's mad mun uh it's how do you look at i guess i don't have to give me an actual stock ticker i don't want you to what would you look at like what? What parts of a company would you look at to so, see, like, if, if this was a good opportunity? Again, a super oversimplification, mm-hmm. but he, but he looks at them, uh, and, and I think similarly to a degree is like income producing assets. He doesn't even really care as much about the appreciation, but that the company generates cash. a certain amount of money, certain amount yeah. of cash, and then how much do you have to pay? For that earnings potential, so and, Uber would be a terrible investment, right? He would n- okay. he would never do that. But and yeah. he also Twitter. has not invested in the first one he ever did was Apple, uh, investing in a tech company, and he really uh, doesn't because he doesn't understand it. And so part of it mm. is he needs to find the deal, but then also understand the business. So right, and that's that whole mon- like that whole saying of invest in what you know, right. Right. And so to give you an example, and you know, I've made a handful of good choices that have outpaced the bad ones, but you know, I, I liked Tesla. Their numbers, uh, even if I had really dug into them, would have been terrible, but they were valued at X. Then there was a bunch of bad news. Yeah. Stock value is like cut in half. And so that was like a buy for me. And yeah. You know another because one, you, like, but, but that's because you have a gut feeling about the company and the right. vision of the of the owner Elon, Wait, which not is necessarily even marginally less dumb than following Jim Cramer because I didn't <laughs> sure. even go through the numbers. Right, right, okay. So, so no, so no, part I, of it was luck, and thank yeah. you, Elon, for not really screwing the pooch. Yep, but um, you also don't know. That's another like that's one of those investments where I feel like it was a vanity investment. And, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't own a fucking electric car you don't know shit about how they're built you don't own a car in general like (laughs) yeah you're just not a car person and yet you're investing in a car company Mm. and i'm and i'm sure like even with with warren buffett i'm sure he invests in companies that he has he doesn't personally have any um the man loves cherry coke (laughs) he also yeah i think he does drink a lot of coke right he drinks cherry coke do you know that yeah oh guys i know he goes to mcdonald's which is insane he also owns some mcdonald's yeah, that's just an. I, there's a documentary on um, HBO about. Did you watch that documentary? I don't. I don't think so. It's called Becoming Buffett. Well, now it's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 not as I was I was hoping you would get some like financial insight. You mm. really don't. You just get a kind of a viewpoint of the man of the man basically. And I cried like a fucking baby, dude. I cried at the end of that because it was oh. sad or hilarious. Sad. Oh, he's still Sad. alive, though. He, yeah, he's not, had a tough not life. To him. You're yeah, no, just no. Just had a. I don't know. I just cried. Mm. It's, just, it's just uh, like Steph walked in on me while I was laying on the couch, and there's tears streaming down my face. She's like, "What the <laughs> hell are you watching?" I'm like, "Warren Buffett documentary." She's like, "What? Why? Why are you crying?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like the guy's a multi billionaire. Like, I don't know. This is like, yeah, I don't know. Yes, it's, it's very it's, no, and it's like a happy cry, like a happy like. You're saying if like you tend to have clogged tear ducts, like just 
It's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, if somebody dies, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Mm. No, but then if somebody does something nice, I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, so nice. Dude, that's how I, I watch work. CSI Miami. People are dying every day. Yeah, yeah, you're so desensitized to it. doesn't yeah. even matter anymore. But yeah, so so I, my point is, is like, you think, like, I think the, the Tesla thing was more of like a, um, you're just like, oh, I, I believe in this dude and I believe in like the vision of the company. Mm. And so I'm going to take the risk with him and that's it whereas like a company like apple is crazy profitable has a ton of cash and seems like a more sound investment but at the same time you also know a ton about computers you are a computer person you own multiple apple products like it is that seems like a good fit and you don't even have to look at the numbers per se you don't have to look at their balance sheet to know that they're a profitable company because i mean it's they're like they're actually one of the most profitable companies ever. Yeah. So that's a pretty easy bet. But like, like I'm sure Warren has a lot of like bets that were, that honestly didn't pay off or like, or were whatever, like, like why the fuck would you invest in a company that does you know pet rocks it's like dude you see their balance sheet it's amazing (laughs) well you know he has this problem also where he's been underperforming the market the past few years which was never the case and it kind of comes out to like he has so much cash that for to move the needle for their you know 500 whatever billion dollar conglomerate they need just huge investments with Mm. massive returns and so yeah, it's getting hard for him. Anyway, um, so so what do you what do you think about timing the market when it comes to investing in individual companies? Like, what's your thoughts there? I would say that if you are interested in you know doing the numbers and this stuff just generally interests you, like, and you're gonna do the research, like a shit ton of research. Yeah. Then yeah, but it's but, all public. You can get access to all of it. Right. But, you know, even before you do the research, I feel like you need to have a, and it's not all that different from how we discuss rental properties, a set of specifications that would be a deal or no deal for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you look at Apple and it either fits your criteria or it doesn't. And at the end of the day, like that's how Warren Buffett and a lot of these really successful people operate. They have certain specifications that they've developed. Right. And it either mm-hmm. meets it or it doesn't, you yep. know? binary yes yeah. or no speaking of rental properties we need to take a break but when we come back we're going to talk about time in the market when it comes to real estate yeah all right stay tuned we'll be right back let's talk about real estate and mm. specifically when it comes to timing the market so we have a question from a listener who says who asks i was wondering <laughs> i wasn't <sorry>. skipping. <laughs> that was skipping that was me doing that um, I was wondering if you could go into more detail on how you viewed or how to view your first house purchase, timing, preparation, etc. cetera. Uh, school me, please, because you <laughs> I know have very you know my, strong feelings about this. And you know how I, you know, my thing about buying. I mean, look, my first time home was a. I swear uh, your first home won't be underwater. For 30 more years, maybe 20 more years. Uh, all right, thanks. <laughs> that makes me feel not better at all. Um, I, and, and not to say that Laura and I know much of anything, mm-hmm. but we, we kind of, we even met other people who did so, something similar, which yeah. is cool, is we bought uh, 
the absolute shittiest place in the nicest area. You did that when you, that was your first home. So the, you bought a yeah. piece of shit. Hmm. Now, it wasn't, I've been there. It wasn't, right? That's the one I've been there. So the first one, the one that, wasn't that was the one like, that was flooded. That multiple times flooded. Yeah. Oh, so I did not go into that one. Well, uh, so I, th- I think that you were in that one. That was, this is when we met. This is the one that I had. I've so, only seen two places. Yes. From you. So you were in that one. Okay. Um, but you might have been in after we did some renovation work. And we also, before we moved in, massively cleaned it up. When I say flood, I mean I meant the sandy flood. Oh, so that was a different that, that was a different I was renting place. that one. I was renting that. Okay. Yeah. So then yes, you've only owned two homes. Correct. Okay. So then I've been to both. So in, in Hoboken, I imagine in Boulder or any other like yeah. affluent area that, that's like super competitive, homes don't stay on the market for like 60 days they're like 30 right. ish days yeah so quick same is true for hoboken um this property was on the market for almost 365 days whoa and it was right after hoboken flooded um ah. and you obviously you'd be an idiot to buy in this place that like still had water in it yeah and yeah. got it all out there was like army uh. trucks handling out bottled water and shit wow um, this, is, this is after sandy yeah, this is like Obviously, right after yeah. Sandy. I mean, I want to okay. say we bought maybe three or four months after. Yeah, um, Hurricane Sandy, by the way, if yeah. anyone doesn't remember. And uh, basically, we wound up getting a deal as a result. Um, you know, we, we had to do some work. We had to clean it up. But then um, there was like an upside to the apartment. And we were able to punch above our weight class. And when we first started looking, we really, really wanted like the place that, you know, defined us as people and that had all of the creature comforts. Um, and, and it became apparent the compromises we would have to make either on what we would get or on not being able to do anything other than pay the mortgage without heat turned on and just sit inside. So you didn't want to be house poor. Right. And so we gave us, what do you mean by, what do you mean? What's a, what's a creature comfort for you? Like air conditioning. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> you know, like um, so. So you didn't buy a move-in ready place. You did. You did buy a move-in ready place. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You you did move in day one, like after signing the, the. I would say we we moved in within the first month. And it was it comfortable or was it a miserable nightmare? No, no, no. It, it was it was okay. fine. Like it. It was fine. It was like baseboard heats. The yep. shower was gross. I kind of had to like rip shit out and whatever. You did that work. Well, dude, it's really easy to unscrew like a sliding glass door <laughs> okay. and, you know, like recaulk it. Like I'm okay. that, I'm th- about that, that handy. handy. That's yeah, it. Okay, it. You know, yeah, I can, yeah. I can use caulk. Okay. <laughs> C-A-L-K. Caulk. 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 Macaulay Caulkin. Yes. Yeah. He's, that's what his profession is now. That's right. That's right. He, ca- he caulks bathrooms in Hoboken. Um, it was like a shitty building with shitty neighbors, but uh, we stayed for like three mm. years and we made it uh, a positive thing. And so and you 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 put a lot of money into it, but it was it was relatively low priced for that area. Mm. So we we put in between fifteen and eighteen, maybe between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars. Okay, and like appliances, whatever. And after three years, we made not you know about one hundred twenty thousand. Do you think um, that that hat? Now I think that that is sort of one of those like, like you didn't time that you were you you weren't 
you weren't sitting and renting in Hoboken waiting for the great flood. No, of, no, uh, we lost all our shit and we were living with my mom and dad. Where mm. at through the few months we lived there, at least all of us cried at least once. Okay, you know, yeah. So you didn't time it. No, and and it wound up being a good time because prices were cheap. What we year had, was that, by the way? Uh, Do you remember? Oh. I mean. You, I want to say 2011, 12. Okay, I, I, so, I so we're exactly. in. So you're so so. Just to be clear, yes, a flood happened, a major hurricane hit, but also we were kind of on the uptick from 2008. Like mm. prices were starting to rise, but yet you just happened to be in an area where prices weren't rising at all. Because why the fuck would anyone want to move there during that specific period? Like. People were probably selling more than they were out actively out buying because they had to literally swim to the next location. Th- there were a lot of foreclosures <laughs> in New York. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. it won't in New York, yeah, but in Hoboken. Sure. And we had looked at some, but a lot of them were just super shitholes because whatever. Yeah. Sure. I mean, city. I, I and, and you know, it's it's not to say that you have to do it that way. I think it's just if you're getting your first place as opposed to getting a perfect 100 on everything you want maybe shoot for like a 50 okay this is interesting because this is what i'm going through right now um we are not you know the area that i live has not gone through a major flood mm-hmm. we are in the barest of all markets you mean right? bullish bullish sorry bullish of all markets and no yes sorry yes bullish prices of all are, mar- are piping hot re- piping hot hot top 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 tier mm. right top top of like they're they're topping out a lot of places though i've hear are plateauing yeah so hoboken's like been sideways for a while yeah and same with uh i don't know about boulder i don't know that i don't follow the market at all here um now you have talked to me about timing and when it comes to buying real estate specifically for your for your the place to live in mm-hmm. which you know i i tend to not want to conflate the term buying real estate with buying your first home. I believe I know that they're exactly the same thing, but mentally they're kind of different mm-hmm. where it's like when I think of buying real estate, you think rental property and I, I do. And, and we'll talk about that in, in a sec. But with the first home, it's like you're buying a home like you're you're losing money. And I've my brother's in the process of buying a home right now. Mm-hmm. And he's he's going from one home to another home, right? And he's upgrading. It's like a bigger house and a you know, nicer house and all that stuff. But I basically he, but he's like, it's an investment. I'm like, it isn't mm. because you're there. Like, I'm like, Dan, you lost money on the first house. You spent you, every month you gotta pay to live there, right? And you only made maybe 20 to 40 grand when you sold it, which is decent. But like I, I just want to mo- frame that piece on that you said about losing money because everyone's like, Well, you're paying the mortgage. And I would say if you're like on year 20, you know, it's maybe working your favor. Yes. But the first whatever years, it's mostly interest. You're, you're making yes. such you're little the- principal payments. Yes. You're not really paying into anything. Yeah, that that and also you're living there. Yeah. You're paying to fucking occupy the place. Yes. Because so like you're you are <laughs> technically losing money by keeping the lights on. Mm. You know, not a lot, but that For goes sure. towards it, too. It's right? an expense. So, yes, it's an expense. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm kind of looking at it now and I'm like, you're buying at the top of the market, dude. Like you are, you are not, you're probably not going to get much more for this house in the next five years. Mm. Right. So don't look at it as an investment. It's just, it's just not, 
it's a roof over. It's a very, very nice roof over your head. I think it's is worth that crazy? Say, no, no. I think you're absolutely right. And and one of the arguments is he could say, "Well, I'll never get more for the house that I'm selling than I will now." But mm-hmm. I think maybe a better way to look at it is like a a rising tide lifts all ships, right? So um, the house that he's selling is up, and so is the yep. one he's buying. And so yep. in a down market, yes, he's going to get less for his house, but the one but. that he'll buy is also going to be cheaper. So does timing matter with real estate? So Because you've told me to wait. Yeah. So I think, uh, and not to conflate the rental properties and, and this, but yeah. it's, it's really, you know, and, and it's actually, it's the same for investing in companies. It's like, what's the bang for your buck? You know, and mm. um, if last year you could have got a place with one extra bathroom for the same price, yes. you know? Do you th- will it go back to that? And and it probably so, will. Okay, so you're saying timing aside, no matter what time it is, whether it's we're in a bear bull market, whether the real estate's booming or busting, you, no matter what, you look for the fucking deal. Yeah, you have to take your emotion out of it because you often mm. like want it because you want it, and that's when they got you. Who got you? <laughs> the real estate agent because they're getting their fee. The person yeah. selling their house because they're making yeah. money. And also everyone, the, the bankers because right? they want you to get the loan. Yeah, your whole team the, that you're putting together <laughs> wants you to do <laughs> anything do that spends the they most you, money yeah, possible. Oh, I, I, you know, everyone has their secret motivations, mm. you know, and you know, my brother's buying this house, and I just, I'm, I'm sort of relaying all these stories of my past of like. I wanted a Jeep Wrangler so bad, I could taste it. I walked into the dealership, and they're like, well, this is a Jeep Wrangler. It has no back seats, no windows, no radio, no speakers for the radio. It's $400 a month. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> You're like, you, we just suckered. Like, we didn't even sucker you. You're just an idiot. You're just a dumb dumb who, who, wants, who wants what he wants, and that's it. Yeah. And you're right. That was a mo- that was a total emotional buy. Everything I buy it at such a when, when it's big it becomes emotional. And I am re- I am slowly kind of coming to terms with like I want the comfortability of buying a house and having it moving ready and not being able to touch a thing and being like this is the greatest house ever. You're gonna want to change shit anyways though. Yeah, but you're gonna pay top dollar for that yeah, too. True. Where Absolutely. it's like you know, and I and look, I'm not a handy person by any means. I can fix things like i mean handy enough to look at youtube and buy a screwdriver and go okay screw that to that like i can do like that much but i'm not replacing drywall i don't know really anything about that nor do i actually want to know anything about that just like the person installing my drywall doesn't want to know anything about building a website in in php mm. so okay you know the, the interesting thing so when i grew up my mom would watch a lot of like the cooking network and then like the home network yes. where they would like my, fix uh, and renovate my homes. mom loves hgtv right and and i know your dad does kitchens and stuff and so yes. he could attest to this probably more than anyone that like a dollar put into a kitchen if this mm-hmm. is like something that you're eventually going to sell you're not like yeah. gonna buy this house and like die in it any dollar put into the kitchen you could like literally multiply it in what mm. you'll get back when you sell the place so if and you, same with bathrooms, right? Yeah, bathrooms same with have bathrooms. A similar, yeah. Laura and I are literally doing the kitchen and the bathroom right now. Yeah, 
Because you know that that's the, the highest value. Yeah. Which makes sense. It's where you spend the most time. So find that house that has all the things you want in the great location and it has a dumpy kitchen, dumpy bathroom. Put and, 15, and, 20 in there and pull right. 100 out later. See, this is this is where I'm kind of, I'm leaning more towards like, I want to like, and you've kind of pushed me in this direction of like finding the absolute deal. Good like, bones. You want a you want a good area, good bones. You know how easy it is to hire a contractor mm. and pick out a cabinet. Now, I'm not saying that you can't get screwed in that. You can you can certainly get screwed, but I'd much rather get screwed over ten thousand dollars than five hundred thousand dollars. And look, you it maybe it costs X to hire a contractor now. Well, in a down market. When everyone needs work and is hard pressed, mm. the contractors are going to be a plenty and they're going to be cheaper. Well, so so does timing really matter with real estate is the question. Well, you know, people uh, will hem and haw over buying a TV. Is it 60 inches? Is it 70 inches? Is it 20 inches? What's, you know, the size? But they're just going to like wanton buy this thing for like $500,000. That's yeah. insane. I think... <laughs> You should have, you know, an order of magnitude more pause. <laughs> I'd agree. I, I would agree. And you have time. Like, give yourself mm. the fucking time. I know it's not that easy for a lot of people because it's emotional. I think, and also, if you're rolling money from one house into another, doesn't there like a time limit? With so it's, uh, I want to say it's a three hundred one or a thirteen. 13- one exchange or there's like a number whatever exchange mm-hmm. where it's within 30 or 60 days you could roll the the profits that you made from one place into another and not pay taxes on it so Laura and i yeah. made money in our last place rolled it essentially into an upgrade and it was yeah where we were fine yeah well i think that 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 timing that little piece makes things puts a lot more pressure on on that which and renting is keeps you super flexible you could change your decision you could break leases you could really do whatever you want a home that's it's hard to sell yeah i agree is there anything else that we should mention about timing the market in general whether it be real estate or investing in i companies or yeah i I just want to say on rental properties just as kind of like an aside um you have to know your numbers. Like it's a super sexy thing, and Laura and I have done well with it. But you have to know the deal that you want, and I think this is maybe just across the board. You have to commit to something, and then only pull the trigger when it when it matches that. That's poetic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. It's a good way to end it. And look, if you missed anything in this episode. Uh, we'll have everything in the show notes like we normally do. Either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us. Point them to your favorite episodes and hopefully they'll become a subscriber too. Mm. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about on future episodes of the show, please send in your questions to listenmoneymatters at gmail.com and all the tools and resources that we mentioned on the show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. I believe you mentioned Funrise. You mentioned Roofstock. I think that's it. I think that's the only two we mentioned. Yeah. And there's more there. There's so all go there. Things. Yeah. All the things. So that's it. Have a good one. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs> 